I've been sharing with you about spirit, Holy Spirit gifts that he gives to all of humanity, to the body of Christ. And I shared with you three different lists, actually four, if we include uh, the list in the Old Testament. And uh, the first list was from Romans. And I said that those are the gifts that he gives everybody. We call them the motivational gifts, the things that motivate us, the gifts that are inside of us. And we've seen it, people that are gifted at teaching, people that are gifted at leadership or mercy or generosity. They don't have to be Christians or Bible believing or anything. It's just God's gift to humanity. Then we looked at the list in 1 Corinthians and we quickly looked at the list in Ephesians. And we recognize that all those gifts that God gives are not for personal gain, but for the gain of the church, for believers. But the gain for the church is also not for the church. It's for the gain of society. We have been given gifts that we can represent God with and through to our society, to our family members, to our neighbors, to our enemies. We can represent God in his goodness and his mercy. Now, there are different gifts given to different people. And uh, we're blessed here at City River in that we have multiple preachers. And these preachers, Rob, myself, Ara, some of the others that have preached in the past and will preach again in the future, each of us bring the Word of God in the moment according to our own lenses perspectives, giftings, and so on. That used to happen all throughout history. It's nothing new. The prophets of the Old Testament would see something and they would write about it. And these are prophets that were poured upon the Spirit of God and they would write about it. And as they would write about it, each of them would have a different set of pictures that they would draw with the words that they would write and they would we would sometimes get confused about what they mean because we're thinking that the prophets are saying different things but sometimes they were saying the exact same thing about the exact same events and our interpretation of those can cause us to get confused because we think very limited we think for example in the Old Testament, there were so many prophecies about the Messiah, that he would come and that he would rule and set Israel free. But there was a period between his coming and his being killed on the cross, that that period is actually in some of the prophecies is written down as one sentence. So, in the book of Revelation, that whole history of the woman giving birth to the man-child and him being caught up is just one sentence, but it's actually a lot longer than that. The Old Testament people, the people of Israel, saw Jesus as coming as the ruling Messiah. So his coming that was prophesied in Isaiah 9 and his ruling that was prophesied in Isaiah 9, within a couple of verses, that period that is between those two verses is actually thousands of years. It's right now 2,000 plus years. So we need to understand that when the people of God speak, 
when a preacher preaches, he or she is giving you from one facet of a diamond that represents so much more. Now, in the church, in humanity, we like to align ourselves with certain perspectives. Politically, people are aligned left, right, or middle, or far left, or far right. We like to do that as humans. For some silly reason, we do that. Today, with the uh, things that are happening in, in Ukraine, most of us are trying to figure out who's the good guys, who's the bad guys. I want to pray for the good guys. I want to pray for the defeat of the bad guys. Well, we can confuse ourselves and get really frustrated trying to figure all that out with our limited access to true information. And I'm not making a comment about misinformation or bad, you know, uh, fake news or any of that. All I'm saying is no matter what, we only get a small piece of the whole picture. Let me give you a biblical example of that. In the book of Corinth, in the letter to the Corinthians, Paul writes and he says, some of you claim you are of Paul. Okay, so let me bring that into context. Uh, There were different people preaching the gospel at that time. Paul was one, Peter was the other, Apollos was another, etc., etc. So they were aligning themselves with teachers. And they were used to that because in Israel, when you are a child, you go to a school to study the life path of a specific prophet or, or, or teacher, rabbi. And you would be aligned with that. So there was the disciples of John the Baptist, there were the disciples of Jesus, and each of them had their own way of interpreting or living out some of the law. So they brought that into the church. And some of them were aligned with Paul, some of them were aligned with Peter, some of them were aligned with Apollos, some of the very holy special ones were aligned with Jesus. Can you see how silly that is? That's as silly as saying, I align with Haney, I align with Rob, I prefer that preaching, I prefer that teaching. And we get divided amongst ourselves. We're blessed that we have so many different perspectives being preached. And I am not at all concerned or afraid or uh, confused when Rob preaches one thing and I preach the opposite. I am not even concerned if uh, it's the other way around. I'm not concerned about any of that because the more perspectives we have, the better and the richer the experience of our understanding of the fullness of the truth of God. If you believe that, wave your arms, do something, and give me an indication that you're with me on that, that you're not afraid of what may sound contradictory. Amen? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm so excited about this. We're not afraid of what may sound opposite because the truth of God exists in the tension of the realities of our limited understanding. And the more voices you have, that's why we've been so adamant about inviting guests to speak to us from where they are. That's why we're open to the fullness of the different teachings. You know, one of the things that right now media gives you as a church 
is the ability to limit or to censor specific preachers, teachers, or Bible study content. We have not done that. We have left it fully open for you to be able to pick and choose what you want to watch, however you want to watch it. If one preacher is talking about, you know, Jesus coming back before the tribulation, so be it. If another is saying, no, he's going to come back after the tribulation, so be it. We really don't know, and neither do they. But they're giving you what they have understood. So we're not afraid of diverse understandings. Because we know the truth is somewhere between all of that, but we are limited in our ability to understand it. Amen? So what I'm going to uh, really want to focus on in the time that I have left is two families. Two families for which it was impossible. Two families, actually two individuals that are key members of families that had a situation where they were confronted with an impossibility. Their reaction to it and the outcome. Are you ready? This was all just an introduction. We face a lot of situations in our life that are impossible. We face a lot of situations in our life that we have waited a long time for. We face a lot of situations in our life that we feel not qualified for. These two individuals faced exactly that. And then they had an encounter. And what happens is what we're going to look at. So, are you ready? Let's pray. Father, in the amount of time that we have left, we just ask you right now, Lord, that you would bring us to the place that we would see things and receive things that we need in the moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I gave you that preface because I like it when Rob says, if you're not going to take anything away from today, take this. Okay? How many of you enjoy that? How many of you love that? Because it helps you focus in. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. Uh, call me scatterbrain, call me fire hose, I don't know. But I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to shower you today with a bunch of truth. And I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you to grab what you need for your life in this moment. Okay? So get ready to be showered upon. Wow. I'm looking at the first chapter of the book or the gospel of Luke. So if you have that, open it up and we'll go through it together. We're going to go through it together. Okay. This is Luke chapter 1, verse 1. And the Bible that I'm using is the New Revised Standard. And uh, I so appreciate the fact that our apps have so many different versions in them. I'm using the version Bible. So that's what you see here below me. And in this book, in this gospel, he says something very interesting. Since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, 
This is Luke, the doctor, writing to his audience, actually specifically to Theophilus. And Theophilus, the name means Theo, means God. Philos means friend. So he's writing to a friend of God. Now, whether that's an actual person, I believe it is, but it's also all of us who are friends of God. And he says, since so many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed on to us by those who were uh, uh, from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, I too decided after investigating everything carefully from the first to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Stop right there. There's a beautiful point to be made right there. How many of us feel that if a job is being done by someone, that's okay. Let them do it. I don't need to be involved. My goodness, my mind is just remembering these silly jokes, but I don't want to waste my time on the silly jokes. Let's stay focused here. Writers have been writing Gospels all over that time, and they've been sharing the Gospel. Luke didn't need to write another Gospel, but he wrote it nonetheless because he felt he had something to contribute. You have a special gift. There may be already somebody who's doing a specific function within the body of Christ, within your family. Don't shy back and say, hey, you know, Sagwan, Ara, uh, Rachel, Alina, uh, they're doing the tech. I don't need to be involved with that. Well, hey, listen, if you have an interest in that, get involved. Rob and Haney are preaching. You may have a message inside. Share it with us. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to expand the perspectives. My small group is being led by so-and-so and so-and-so. There's no room for me. There is lots of room. And we will make the room. Do what Luke did. Throw yourself in the ring and make yourself available. But that's not the lesson today. There's something deeper. So, the birth of John the Baptist. This is so interesting for me. It says that in the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was the descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blameless according to the law, to all the commands and all the regulations of the Lord. But they had no children. Why? Because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. They're getting to the point that childbearing, pregnancy, parenting is an impossibility. Say it with me. It's impossible. Say it out loud. It's impossible. Get used to saying that word because we're going to crush it today. Once, when he was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by Lot, and that's not Lot the man, that's just the way they chose Lot's, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now, at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people were praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was 
terrified and fear overwhelmed him. Say the words, terrified, fear, overwhelmed. Do you ever feel those things? Do you ever experience the situation where things around you look impossible, something happens, something happens in the midst of that impossibility, you don't understand it, and all of a sudden you're gripped by fear. Yes? No? Fear? Is it a common enemy? You get anxious, your palms get sweaty, your heart starts beating, uh, you may have a little bead running down the back of your neck. These are all physical manifestations of something. But look at it. It says, he was terrified, that's the internal emotion, and fear overwhelmed him. Another translation says, fear overtook him as though it was an external thing that was coming on to him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink strong wine, and so on. And he describes some of the things that this John is supposed to do. But let's come down to this verse here. Zechariah said to the angel, Now, Zechariah was an old man. His prayer had been prayed many times, him and his wife, for them to be pregnant, for her to be pregnant, and them to be parents. They have had hope deferred. They have had their hope crushed. Why is now the situation coming to this place where it is impossible? So look at what he says. And the angel now is being questioned by Zechariah. And Zechariah is asking this question. How will I know that this is so? For I'm an old man and my wife is getting on in years. Notice the how question. There's fear. There's the angel Gabriel speaking. There's the how question. We face the same thing. How will I get out of this? How will this happen? How will this be resolved? How will this manifest? How can it be? It's impossible. Say it again. It's impossible. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. How can you question me? I'm bringing you news from God himself. Your mind can't comprehend it. Your mind sees the impossibility. Your mind sees it as something that's not feasible. You can ask your how, but ask a different how. He says, but because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become on Zoom. No, no, he didn't say that. He says, you will become mute. You will be muted. The host of this world meeting of Zoom, me and you, Gabriel and and Zechariah, will mute you and you will not be able to speak until these things occur. Wow. 
What a reaction. That was Zechariah. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee. Same angel, different neighborhood, in a city called Nazareth, in a town called Nazareth, to a virgin. A virgin is a woman that has never been with a man in a relationship, physical relationship type of way. All throughout history, no woman that hasn't been with a man has ever gotten pregnant. She's engaged to a man called Joseph in the house of Dave of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and says, the angel said to her, Greeting, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now she was also perplexed, and the angel read that as fear. Perplexed means puzzled, confused, just not able to make sense of it. And she was thinking, what kind of greeting is this? Who is this guy, this mighty-looking angel? What's he come to talk to me for? The angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You know, my mom used to have a promise Bible, and it was one of those little Bibles that had all kinds of promises written in it. And one of the promises was, don't be afraid, for I am with you. And she would hand those little red Bibles out to everybody that she could, because she wanted, Fakhri has one, I know many of you have one, and she would give them to them, because they had the promise of God, and the command of God not to fear. And she was excited about this knowledge that she had received, that the Bible states 365 times, it says, don't be afraid. And she said that that's one for every day. Like once a day vitamins, don't be afraid. Now the angel here is saying it to Mary, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You will name him Jesus. Sound familiar? To Zechariah, he says, your wife will conceive and you will name him John. It's like it's the same script. Two different people. One who's old and it's impossible and they have been defeated many times, praying for the same thing, never happening. And here is a young virgin who has never prayed for this. Maybe she has, but she prayed to get married first. And now she's facing a situation where this angel is telling her, you will have a son and you will name him Jesus, and he will be great. He will be called the Son of God, the Most High. The Lord God will give his throne to his ancestors. And then Mary said to the angel, here's the how. When we face an impossible situation, our first question always is how. How do I get out of this? How do I fix this? How, how, how? How can this be? On the other end of this impossibility, for the one, it was the impossibility of the hope that's been crushed and the age that's causing no ability. On the other one is the virginity that is now causing no ability. How can this be? I'm a virgin. The angel said to her, this Holy, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the, of the uh, Most High will overshadow you you therefore uh, overshadow you 
therefore the child will be born and you will he will be called the son of god but look what he says to her for nothing will be impossible with god what is your situation today what are you experiencing that you have been praying for and longing for and waiting for and disappointed not getting and crushed in having waited for so long and it hasn't happened what is your impossibility today for nothing will be impossible with God so I want to tell you two things number one fear not don't be afraid God is with you in the middle of this impossibility don't be afraid we have had two years of situations that are global that we haven't understood what the truth is and where the reality is some of us got vaccinated some of us got COVID. some of us didn't get vaccinated all of the things we're still waiting to get reopened all of that we are so confused about what the truth is maybe maybe not but we're confused about where it's going to end we don't know how are we going to get out of this how is our government going to pay for the billions that they have paid for for support what about ukraine what about these are big things what about my own life my employment my income my investments my future my life my health some of you may be contending for some very basic needs We had a meeting last Thursday with a bunch of leaders from City River. And in the middle of that meeting, one of the leaders uh, heard something in the prayer. I'll tell you, I was praying and I talked about God giving us a new imagination for things at City River. And Sagwan was caught by that word, reimagining. And it turned into the Holy Spirit dropping the word imagineering into his spirit. And he looked it up and it was the Disney studio. And one of their themes was to make the impossible possible. I believe that the Lord is speaking to us as a church to believe for what we have not yet seen. I believe the Lord is speaking to us in our own personal lives to believe for what we have not yet seen. Zechariah and Elizabeth had been married for years, waiting for a baby. It wasn't happening. But what is impossible is possible for God. What is scary about how we're going to change the situation is easy with God. He is speaking to us today, not through an angel, but through the history of the angel having appeared to two individuals on both ends of the spectrum, the old age and the virginity, the impossibilities on both extremes. And he is speaking to us today, and he is saying, my children, don't be afraid. I am with you, and nothing is impossible. I have been bringing this message to you. Rob has been preaching the same message to you for a number of weeks in different ways. But today it's coming to you from the angel of Gabriel in the book of history of the gospel in Luke. 
It is the word of God speaking, spoken to you from the angel who stands in the presence of God, who has come with a message for humanity on both ends of the spectrum, the old age impossible and the virgin impossible. And they both became pregnant and they both birthed their sons and they both named them as the angel had prophesied and they both served God. Whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance, step into the place of not doubting and not fearing. Don't do what Zechariah did. Zechariah asked his how with doubt. How can this be? I'm an old man and my wife is getting on in years. Mary, on the other hand, asked her how with curiosity and faith. And look at how she responds. When the angel says to her, for nothing will be impossible with God, then Mary says, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Will you take that posture as Mary did? Will you take that posture as Mary did? Will you say, Lord, let your will be done in my life. I know your will is good. That doesn't mean accept defeat. It doesn't mean accept illness. His will is to heal. His will is to restore. His will is to bless. He is a good God. He is a good Father. When Mary, before this happened, or excuse me, right after this happened, goes and visits Elizabeth. In those days, Mary set out and she went to visit uh, Elizabeth, the house of the Zechariah, and she was greeted by Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, get this, this is before Jesus was born. This is before Jesus was crucified, resurrected, and taken to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit. When Mary entered Elizabeth and Zechariah's home, the child, John, leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Guys, today, we started the video earlier and we ended it with us praying for the baptism of the Spirit for and the filling of the Holy Spirit for Maya. Aaron started us off uh, with, with the song that, uh, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I can face my challenges. I can overcome my fears. And he ended it with nothing is impossible. The Lord is speaking to us today, body of Christ here at City River. The Lord is speaking to us. Blessed are you, O one woman, she explained. And then Mary responds by singing a song of praise. We call it the Magnificat. And Mary said these words, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in my Savior. For he has looked upon me with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. If you have poo-pooed Mary for some reason because of some specific part of the church that maybe uh, elevates her too high in your opinion, here it says that we will call her blessed. Maybe some of us need to repent on some of these things. But look at this. 
His mercy is for those who fear Him. If you're going to have any fear in this formula, fear Him. And by the way, the word for fear here is the same word that was there when fear overwhelmed Zechariah. It's the word phobos, from which we get phobia. Terror-like fear. I know we sometimes want to soften it and say, you know, fear of God is like the awe of God or the reverence of God. But no, there's an element of fear. Fear of God. Fear of His holiness and our sinfulness. Fear of His goodness and our wickedness. Fear of His mercy and our warpedness. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. Now, Mary goes back home. The baby is born, John. And when he is born, Zechariah shares, uh, they're trying to name him, and Zechariah says, no, his son will be called John. Uh, Elizabeth says, and they said, none of your relatives have that name. Then they began mentioning to his father to find out, motioning to his father to find out what name he wants to give him. He asked for a writing tablet. I did not know that they had iPads back then. Anyway, he asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote, his name is John. And all of them were amazed. Immediately his mouth was open. The host unmuted Zechariah. And he began to speak and praise God. His tongue was freed and he began to speak praising God. Fear, again, phobos, fear, terror, came over all of their neighbors. Guys, fear is a spirit. It's a wicked spirit from hell. Your emotions can cause you concern. They can cause you all kinds of things. But fear itself is a demonic force that has come onto you. Fear came all over their neighbors because it's trying to shift you from trusting and believing the God of the impossible can work in your life. Okay, you've said it a number of times. It's impossible. Now we're going to say it in a different way to crush it. Ready? Nothing is impossible for God. Say it with me. Nothing is impossible for God. For with God, nothing is impossible. Say it again. Nothing is impossible. So Zechariah now begins to magnify the Lord. And he says these words. He prophesies. And he says these words, and listen to this. He talks about the nation of Israel, the people that have made covenant with God. Today, that includes us because we've been grafted in. He swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us, our ancestor by faith, Abraham, that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, fear all the rest of it, might serve Him without fear. We fear Him, but we approach Him without fear. That's a mystery. That's a mystery. But the Lord is speaking to us today, and maybe I didn't really shower you with too many different points. Maybe the point is one. 
whatever your situation, don't fear, trust God, and nothing is impossible. God bless you.